Hello there, listener, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of The Grace Podcast. Now, you may have noticed a change in the weather. We are officially, so I'm told, in spring. And nothing says spring more than flood warnings and apparently endless rain. Now, this podcast is more than a couple of days late. You would be forgiven for having thought there might not be a September podcast. But no, we wouldn't do you like that. This is the September episode, and it is so good. We have a talk about prayers from Father Sam. We also have a saint snippet, as well as an intriguing insight into why on earth we sleep. Ooh, and also, much to our surprise, the reappearance of a very familiar voice. I'm told we have a message from a man who is not unfamiliar with the goings-on of this parish. A man whose name rhymes with... with... Uh, Bogdan? His name rhymes with Bogdan. All this and much, much more, listener, in this episode of Grace. Enjoy. Uh, any other saints that you can uh, tell us any facts about, Joe? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's another famous saint, um, St. Ignatius of Loyola, and he does a lot about spiritual discernment um, and different principles. But there's a really fun or interesting fact that I found very interesting was that he once asked a donkey whether he should commit murder or not. Uh, and I found this quite fascinating. <laughs> um, but this was soon after St. Ignatius converted into becoming a Catholic. And he was on a donkey and then he met a Muslim man who argued with him about his own religion. And St. Ignatius got quite, quite mad. And when the Muslim um, went away, he you know, said something that was a bit insulting uh, about the Virgin Mary. So obviously being very angry, um, St. Ignatius wanted to actually kill this man. But he decided that he'll let his donkey decide uh, if he should kill this man or not. And he said if the donkey followed the man, then Ignatius would kill the man. But if not, then he wouldn't kill the man. And luckily for, for them both, the, the, the donkey took the other path, so went away um, and let that man survive. I can't imagine uh, St. Ignatius would have been canonised <laughs> if he ended up murdering the other man. So I think his, his donkey to thank for that. But yeah. yes. Any others, Joe? Um, just, a, just a fun fact. Um, I didn't know, but we actually have a patron saint of television writers, um, and that's St. Claire of Assisi. And it's very interesting because apparently when she was um, very sick, um, as she was stuck at her home, she had a vision of seeing the mass on the TV or, I- or in the war in the room. There were no TVs in that day, but she could see the vision of the mass um, through her war. So she's a patron saint of television writers. And I see you've got one more there on your list. <laughs> uh, it's just a, a, a quick fact, but um, St. Patrick, who we all know on St. Pat's Day, he is not Irish himself, um, but he was actually born in Scotland. So that's a fun fact for you. Hmm. A Jack's big fact. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be the judge of that, Joe. <laughs> um, but thank you very much, Joe. And I know I shall learn a lot more about various different saints. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you're feeling angry at anyone, be sure to ask your donkey first before you act revenge. Thank you very much. Listener, we're going to take you now to a segment which was recorded a while back with Father Sam. Now, this was recorded before his ordination, when he was still a deacon, and we recorded this amazing interview about his life growing up and his discernment into the diaconate. Feel free to go have a listen again. It's episode 12, recorded in March 2021 was a classic. We stopped that interview prematurely due to time constraints, but here is a previously unheard end of that interview, and we take off with Deacon Sam remarking on the new state of the podcast equipment. 
First thing I notice in here is that it's uh, a pretty professional out, outfit. I'm impressed by the uh, your mixing mixing deck here in these microphones. They seem pretty heavy duty. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. I was um, I was thinking about doing a podcast at one stage. I actually did a bit of research, and um, this particular brand came up very regularly as some of the uh, some of the best out there. Um, but yeah, like it was right at the beginning of the COVID period. Was, uh, I was thinking about a podcast. Oh, interesting. Um, so could you tell me a little bit more about the podcast? It wasn't as exciting as this one. <laughs> I'm going to – because uh, it wasn't going to be topical. It was more or less going to be a daily help to prayer because uh, some might not know this, but deacons and priests, when they're ordained, they actually take uh, a vow – to pray the divine office every day, which is a, um, it's also called the liturgy of the hours. And there's five hours of prayer. And when I say hour, it's not like a 60 minute period, but uh, like five slots of prayer throughout the day. And I was thinking about doing a podcast where I got up early in the morning, I recorded all five and then used kind of like released them intermittently, intermittently throughout the course of the day uh, as an aid for other priests and deacons who might be on the run or something like that um, to be able to have someone to pray those prayers with them. So uh, it was like a, a COVID idea. but Yeah, no, that that sounds awesome and, and really interesting. I didn't really know that um, deacons had to say these mm. five hours, of, sorry, five hourly prayers. Yeah. So I'm um, just out of interest. What are the five prayers broadly and what do what are each of them? For, do they have a specific theme? Yeah, so um, being called like the liturgy of the hours, it's broken up throughout the uh, course of the day. So there's one thing just called the office of readings, which uh, is usually, well, all of them focus around the Psalms, first and foremost. We know from scripture that Jesus would have prayed the Psalms every day and the apostles, all of the Jewish families would have prayed the Psalms every day. And this is basically carrying that tradition on uh, and so they all focus around the Psalms. It usually opens up with a um, the first one of the day is, O Lord, open my lips and we shall praise your name. And then it goes into uh, a psalm and then there's a hymn. So if you can sing, you sing a hymn, uh, the, the, the one that's there. And over the course of the seminary, they kind of teach you all the tunes. Then it goes into you pray three psalms and then there is a scripture reading, an antiphon, a uh, little excerpt from the gospel. Then there's prayers of intercession and then there's a concluding prayer. So it's pretty involved. It takes about, um, for some of them, they take about 15 to 20 minutes to kind of read through at a reflective pace. Um, So that's kind of the structure and and they're called, they've got different um, Latin and English names. But the first one is the Office of Readings, which kind of has a more extended version of uh, like a saint, like a saint's writings or from a document on the church. But then you've got morning prayer, which is prayed sometime in the morning, which in Latin is Lord's. You've got mid-morning prayer, which is terse, midday prayer, sext, <laughs> afternoon prayer. No, uh, no, it's, a, it's spelt none, but it's known. Vespers is evening prayer and Compline is night prayer. So it just they're the the Latin names for the different hours of the day. So, um, but yeah, and I just thought that would be a good way of getting uh, getting priests and deacons and lay people as well praying the 
hours of the divine office. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, one other question I did have is like throughout the year, do these do these different prayers change? Or yes, you- absolutely. Okay. That's a very very insightful question. Yeah, as the uh, as the liturgical calendar changes, so as we move into Lent, uh, you know, Advent, ordinary time, um, you know, Christmas, Easter, all of those have different uh, have different readings and uh, different kind of uh, feast days and and things like that and like the tunes change like in lent they're really sad and somber whereas in easter they're really joyful and um you know like they're they're songs and hymns of praise so you actually kind of feel the liturgical year as you're praying through these texts um yeah so they're that's it's all it is pretty involved but they are it's like a beautiful way of being connected with the life of the church the other kind of probably important fact to mention is there there are an they are an official prayer of the church so the yeah. mass is one is like kind of the official liturgy of the church that everyone's involved in but the um, the divine office or the liturgy of the hours is also an official prayer of the church that are basically all priests and deacons and bishops are pre- um, are obliged to to pray each day oh, okay very interesting very interesting. But yeah, overall, um, I think that's an excellent idea and a wonderful way, I guess, to sort of share and prayer with heaps of people as opposed to it being always a solitary experience. Mm, so I, I think it's I think it's something that, for example, I'd be really interested in doing and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be too. So um, if anybody is interested, uh, let us know. Maybe I'll send that little extra encouragement uh, the deacon's way and hopefully we might be seeing uh, <laughs> a liturgy of the hours channel coming up on youtube sometime Gosh, soon pressure's on the the website if if people want to wanted to begin on these prayers you can you can actually find a lot of the texts on um, universalis.com okay so it's the um it's yeah a latin word universalis.com you'd find it if you googled anything that sounded like it um <laughs> and it's uh yeah, so that's they're kind of like the American version, but it's basically the same thing. And if you want to buy the the three volume prayer set because it's every day throughout you know the wow. year, uh, that's like hundreds of dollars. So I would recommend you know hitting up Universal if Universalis if it's just something that you were interested in taking a look at for a while. If you're super keen, like priests and deacons and bishops out there by all means, jump on board and get the uh, get the set. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, definitely look, um, if you are, I guess, a future seminarian, you look really good on the, like, bookshelf, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and if you're just, like, as well as, like, a discipline of prayer, it might be a great thing to take up in, in Lent, just as maybe just to pray one of them in the course of the day. You don't have to do all five. You're not, in, there's no obligation there, but maybe to do morning or evening prayer as part of your spiritual routine. Yeah, no, that's that's an awesome idea. Yeah, well, um, thank you for sharing uh, your insights into the liturgy of hours, and I uh, hope to see your YouTube channel sometime soon. Thanks, Megan. <laughs> Hitting the hay, slumber, snooze, siesta, shut eye, nana nap, Betty bye, land of nod, catching a few Z's, the arms of Morpheus. Slumberland, hibernate, or sleep. You might love it, you might hate it, but chances are, if you weren't born today, you've gone through it. A fascinating thing, sleep. 
I think many of us perceive sleep as a task we're obliged to complete, a lengthy and boring task we're obliged to complete. Well, I'm here to open your mind to sleep. I'm here to explain why you feel sleepy, what happens when you're sleeping, and what you can do to ensure you're making the most of your sleep. Listener, I invite you to imagine. Imagine you're in a bed, happily sleeping away. Finally, after your slumber, you wake to the sounds of birds chirping. You stand up, approach the window, open it, and a warming light shines upon your face. This is where we begin. When the retina of your eye is exposed to light, the retina sends a signal to your brain and a gland called the pineal gland stops making melatonin. Melatonin makes us feel sleepy. Therefore, when the pineal gland stops making it, we stop feeling sleepy. But when melatonin stops in the morning, another chemical begins. Adenosine. Adenosine is a chemical that slows down neuron activity and makes us feel sleepy. It slowly builds up throughout the day when we're awake and makes us feel sleepy by the end of the day. Adenosine breaks down during sleep so the cycle can start over. On the neurological level, we have four stages of sleep. Stages one through three are non-rapid eye movement sleep. And stage four is rapid eye movement sleep. During stage one, our brain, heartbeat, eye movements, and breathing all slow down. Our body relaxes as a result. During stage two, our body temperature drops by one or two degrees. During stage three, our muscles completely relax and we begin to enter our deepest sleep. During stage four, our muscles become immobilized. Our brain lights up with activity, our eyes move rapidly, and our breathing is faster and more irregular. Our ability to be aroused during sleep decreases through the stages. Once we've completed the four stages of sleep, we'll then cycle through stages two through four continuously until we awake. Each cycle can range from 70 to 120 minutes. We then go up a level of abstraction to memory. Sleep is extremely important for memory in four different ways. Learning, memorizing, association, and forgetting. First up, learning. In your mind, you have a bucket called short-term memory. When you learn, all of this information gets put into the short-term memory bucket. When we sleep, this information is moved from the short-term memory bucket to the long-term memory bucket. If you've seen Inside Out, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's why sleep is so crucial. Not only will certain memories be solidified so they're less likely to be forgotten, but we free up our short-term memory. One reputable study found that those with no sleep will experience a 40% decrease in retaining new information compared to when they receive a full night's sleep. Then we arrive at the association. Our brain is far more intelligent than we think. Sleep doesn't simply take in individual pieces of information. It integrates them, cross-links them, and associates them with existing information. Just overnight, new connections are unknowingly made within the brain. That's why you're told to sleep on a problem. This benefit to sleep has been observed globally, which makes it understandable why so many languages have this saying. Just sleep on it. 
Interestingly, the French saying translates closer to sleep with a problem, perhaps indicative of the romantic nature of the French culture. But anyhow, at last we come to forgetting. It's thought that the brain has a finite brain capacity, and as such, we sometimes need to clear out the junk to make room. You don't need to remember where you parked your car three years ago. So when you're sleeping, your brain sifts through the long-term memory bucket and cleans it out of unwanted junk. We've explored how sleep affects the brain, but let's explore how sleep affects the body. Twice a year, there's a sleep experiment that 8 billion people participate in. Global warming. When we turn forward our clocks and lose an hour of sleep, there's a 24% increase in heart attacks. Contrastingly, when we turn back our clocks and gain an hour of sleep, there's a 21% reduction in heart attacks. A similar trend has also been seen in car accidents and suicides. Additionally, national killer cells are a type of cell that identify and eliminate unwanted cells within the body, such as cancerous tumour cells. Studies have shown that if an individual only sleeps for four hours, they experience a 75% decrease in killer cell activity. A 75% decrease. I understand I may have given some of you the spooks. But I assure you, there are plenty of things to do to ensure the quality and quantity of your sleep. You can reduce the consumption of caffeine. Caffeine blocks off the brain from receiving adenosine, the chemical that makes us sleepy that we talked about earlier. You consume caffeine and the brain stops building up that sleepiness. Additionally, you shouldn't drink alcohol too close to bedtime. Alcohol is a sedative and as such causes your brain to slow down such that it will block REM sleep. Exposing yourself to electronic screens late at night will result in melatonin not being produced. And remember, no melatonin, no sleepy times. Understanding and managing your anxiety can also be of great help. This can be done through meditation or simply writing down your anxieties. Although it's encouraged that you finish on a good note, and finish writing down your anxieties with three things that you're appreciative of. In extreme circumstances of anxiety, cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, is encouraged. But perhaps the most important tip is regularity. If you lose sleep for some reason, don't sleep in. Don't go to bed earlier the next time round. Be consistent. Otherwise, it will throw your whole body out of whack. If you're more interested on the topic of sleep, I strongly suggest you check out the work of the sleep scientist, Matt Walker. He has a book titled, Why We Sleep, and a podcast titled, The Matt Walker Podcast. Next podcast, I hope to cover consciousness and the current debates concerning it. So thank you for your time, and I do hope you sleep well. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Joanna and I have a lovely guest here. I'm actually sitting in the presbytery at King Cumber Parish and we have the lovely Father Bogdan. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Hi Father Bogdan. So welcome and uh, I'm happy to, to have this visitor and I'm happy to, to talk to my friends in um, Epping and Callingford Parish. Yeah. So I'm joined here with Rachel from our Emmaus Young Adults Group and Leanne from Antioch. Uh, and we will ask Father Bogdan a couple of questions. Yes. So, Father Bogdan, how are you finding Kingcumber so far? 
It's a beautiful place. Um, I really love this uh, community. But to be honest, of course, I miss uh, Epping at Carlingford. I miss my friends. Uh, I should say something like that at the beginning, yes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm honest. I'm really, uh, I really um, like the people in uh, Epping at Carlingford. But of course, it's my new um, part of my, my journey. And I stay within uh, this place. Of course, the place is beautiful. And people are a little different than at Epping and Carlingford. But they are lovely and uh, very friendly and open. And yeah, we, we work good together. That's good. Now, in your parish, you have two churches, right? So Yes. We have all 180 years church, it's yes. um, Holy Cross Church, yes. and you have the new one, uh, Holy Spirit Church, it's 14 years old. Wow, and the Holy Cross Church, what's what's special about it? Um, it's many things, it's special, yes. it's, first it's probably the third oldest church in Australia, Catholic Church in Australia, and um, but very special when I'm going there, I always think about how many generations prayed in this place, how many mm -hmm. generations worship there, how many people are connected. Um, many people come even from different parishes and say, Father, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, we were married here, we were baptized here. So you can see yeah. uh, this um, part of people who stay there. Mm -hmm. What I found cool is that uh, Mary McKillop used to be a frequent visitor to the Holy Cross Church. Somebody told me that um, before when you say about King Camber, everyone connected straight away orphanage for boys, yeah. uh, which Mary McKillop started in 1869, something like that. And um, from that moment, these two uh, places were connected. The school for boys and King Kamba. So in this old church, when um, Mary McKillop didn't have space in the orphanage because it was too crowded, uh, she slept yeah, at uh, the church in, in Zachristy. She had beautiful area and uh, very small, but she had a um, fireplace and Jesus next door. The yes. world was <laughs> nice and safe place. Yes. Um, now, when you were in Epping and Carlingford for the two years that you were there, you started up a lot of societies, including Grace Podcast, um, Men of St. Joseph, and also the um, Boxing Day Christmas Carols. So what um, events have you started up here in Kingcumber? Oh, in Kingcumber, we, we want to continue and, uh, or maybe start and continue uh, carols. So 18th of um, December, we'll have the carols. We are most welcome to join us. So we will continue this one. Just recently, I thought about Sports Mondays, uh, and I want to invite uh, community, parishioners, doesn't matter of age, but to be together. It's more social than, than you know, than about sport. But we have two, two tables, table tennis tables. We have uh, soccer, we have um, basketball, and so on. So we try to activate people and feel them like they belong to, to, to one place. And it's like pre-evangelization because it's the one first step for friendship. And later we can talk about something 
more important. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. And looking at the photos as well, it looks like everyone's having a great time and you're having a great time playing table tennis. Yeah, I, I do. Of course I do. And um, further Belgium, there's a lot of people, um, a lot of people back home who miss you and who, you know, would really love to, you know, come up and uh, see you again. But for those people who, you know, aren't able to do that, is there a message that you would like to share with them today? Like I said at the beginning uh, of this podcast, I miss people from Epping uh, at Callingford because uh, we were friends and... Um, I will have to acknowledge that from time to time I, I check your Facebook and I try to see what's going on in, in the parish. I just want to say I keep you in my prayer and I remember you and my door is always open and whenever you are in the Central Coast you can just come here, uh, drop in and ask me for coffee or water or whatever and we'll be more than happy to have you here. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me and God bless you all and welcome to Central Coast, to King Kamba. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Father Bogdan. Oh, thanks, thanks, Father Bogdan.